Trans people can't seem to keep their hands off of other people. The death of women's sports continues, and a teacher is unjustly fired because she has a special place in her heart for pedophiles. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Happy Thursday. I hope everything's going well for everybody. So we're going to do a podcast tomorrow simply because... I had to, to get a new computer yesterday. That was a real pain in the ass. I do have it. It is working. Um, so good good for us. And because there's just too much to talk about. So let's get right to it. Um, this is the first story. We don't have a dumbass of the day. I couldn't find anything really insane that's any different than what usually is. But here's a story. Um, this is from the Daily Wire. A high school girls basketball team ended in a forfeit at halftime after three girls suffered injuries in a matchup against a team that reportedly includes a male player who is six feet tall and has facial hair. Well, he's not really reportedly on the team. He's actually on the team and he didn't, you know, maybe injure anybody. He did. He injured three three girls in halftime um, and it was all caught on video. Now, what's amazing about this story, it's not getting a lot of play. Fox News kind of said that, oh, well, it w- wasn't clear whether he injured these girls in the in that game or these girls were injured before. There's only one girl that was injured on video. And then it was basically shown that, again, you have to be careful where you listen to some of these stories because I, I initially held off on this one. Simply because, okay, if one girl was injured, that people are just going to say, okay, one girl. No, he injured three of them. So the coach, the coach, by the way, this guy, this kid, this guy who's playing on the girls' basketball team, he has facial hair and he's about six foot one. So, yeah, I, I, there, I know there's no difference between men and women. Continuing with the article. The coach of the Massachusetts High School team, Collegiate Charter School of Lowell, ended the game early against KIPP Academy, or KIPP Academy, after numerous injuries, a press release from the charter school says, alluding to the school's commitment to, quote, inclusivity and safety. So their kids could get the shit beaten out of them, but they still have to go with the DEI thing. So listen to this statement they make. It's pretty cool. The bench has already depleted going into the game with a 12-player roster having four players unable to play. The press release reads, When the coach saw three more girls go down in the first half, leaving him with five players, he made the call to end the game early. Once the third was injured, the remaining five expressed concern to him about continued playing. The players feared getting injured and not being able to compete in the playoffs. The school added that it supports the decision of the coach and notably emphasizes inclusivity and equality. Quote, the charter school supports the decision and reiterates its values of both inclusivity and safety for all students. Well, they do that because, you know, (coughs) they're not playing in the game. The guys who made the statement, they're not playing in the game. So it's the girls that are playing in the game. So the school admin 
These people are making absolutely these they have they're risking absolutely nothing. Meanwhile, these girls, they're not going to get to the playoffs. A bunch of them are injured. And not to mention this guy is going to end up in the NCAA cuz the NCAA is woke and they're going to play in the women's basketball court. This all this stuff is going to happen. Continuing with the the release, we take the standards set by the MIAA and our Board of Trustees seriously and strive to uphold them on and off the court. We also follow the guidance of the MIAA and states law and state laws regarding equity and access for all student athletes. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna get wild and crazy and say this, but um this guy has access to sports. He has access to boy sports. Well, I saw some of the video of this kid play. This kid cannot play basketball. That's his problem. Because if he decided to play on the boys' team like he should, he probably wouldn't make the team. And that's really what this whole thing comes down to. In other words, he's cheating. And by the way, you know, I I just want to point this out again. I mean, I've pointed this out 550,000 times. But you notice this all goes one way. You don't see a lot of girls who identify as boys joining the boys team. For example, I'm not seeing that high school girl joining the boys team because she's a she says she's a boy and then breaking records. The reason you're not seeing that is because it's not happening because girls can't compete in boys sports. But of course that wasn't the only story. Some college kid broke a bunch of women's records again. He's a boy. He ended up breaking a bunch of... Um, oh, here it is. Uh, a tra- This is according to the post-millennial. Uh, a trans-identifying male, a New Jersey colle- male New Jersey collegiate swimmer has set another school record in women's swimming. On February 16th, Rampapo... College of New Jersey Athletics posted an Instagram of Megan Cortez Fields set that Megan Cortez Fields set a new record in the 200 meter individual medley with a time of 208.20 at the New Jersey Athletic Conference Championships. Despite the school record, Cortez Fields play, uh, finished fifth in the finals. So what does that tell you? It tells you that this guy is a good female swimmer, not a great female swimmer, which means he can't compete with the men. He has no business competing with the men. Again, this guy stands a foot taller. He looks exactly like he's had no surgeries. He looks exactly like a male. And this started this year. It's it's not like he wasn't competing with the males in, in high school. He did a couple years ago. Male, a male swimmer from Rampapo College sets another school record in women's event. Riley's Gaines, a former University of Kentucky swimmer, wrote on X. Now tell me again the strides women have made when society applauds a man for pushing us down our off our podium. Title IX literally means nothing at this point. So the story gets kind of interesting here. Cortez Fields broke another woman's record back in November. At a meet in Pennsylvania, uh, Cortez Fields swam the women's 100-yard butterfly with a program record 57.22 seconds. 
This is the transgender athlete athletes first year competing in the female division. In 2022, the Rapinoe News highlighted how Cortez, who identified as a woman at that point, applied athletic tape over his nipples because the NCAA rules prohibited male swimmers from wearing swimsuits that extend above the waist or beyond the knees. you got to be kidding me. So this male, he did swim in the male's events, but he was so concerned because he was actually a female he put tape on his nipples. By the way, they have uh, the Post Millennial has all the pictures of this. They have all the pictures of this guy, and he looks absolutely ridiculous, wearing having a completely male body, sitting in front of the cameras with tape on his nipples. We have gone absolutely insane in this society. By the way. In case you want to know, he was allowed to use the women's locker room. So I guess there are two locker rooms. There's a general women's locker room, and then there's the swimming locker room. He was allowed to use the women's swimmers locker room. The general locker room he wasn't allowed to use because I guess the other swimmers aren't women and aren't offended by it. Here's the thing. This is what's going to have to happen. Um, The women are going to have to stop competing. And what I mean by that is you go on the court or you go into the pool and there is a man you are going to be competing with, everyone is going to need to pull out and not compete. Or someone's going to have to die. I mean, this is coming. A woman is going to get killed. Supposedly, there's going to be another MMA fight between a man and a woman. Not UFC, they refuse to do it. But there's going to be another man and woman fighting. And he's going to kill He's going to kill her. One of these days, one of these women, they're going to do a physical sport and someone's going to get killed. And then maybe someone will do something about it. But I don't know. It's the only way this is going to stop is if women just say, hey, I'm not competing. There's no point. Because, hey, losing is not helping these women at all to the man. So the spirit of competition and the spirit of competition, that's bullshit because that was thrown out when they were stuck with a man because it was about the spirit of competition. The guy wouldn't be cheating and and competing in women's races. Not to mention the other argument here is that, oh, well, you know, these guys, they're all equal and these guys aren't that good. Well, everyone keeps saying the same thing. Um, No, these guys are beating these women and they're beating them quite consistently. And they are breaking just about every record. So far, they broke powerlifting records, bicycle records, track records, swimming records. How much more is there? Do we have to have a UFC MMA male, female, male to female champion before people will say, okay, well, maybe women are being taken advantage of. So I don't know. This is just, it seems to me the best thing to do is make women's sports into men's. That's, that's all. Just call it what it is. Okay. Now here is another really just absolutely abhorrent, sick story. According to Fox News, a transgender inmate 
serving a 55-year sentence for strangling his 11-month-old stepdaughter to death, filed a civil lawsuit against the prison chaplain for allegedly prohibiting him from wearing a hijab outside his immediate bedquarters, despite identifying a Muslim woman as as a Muslim woman. Autumn Cordillon, who is actually named Jonathan Richardson, is currently serving out a sentence at the Branchville Correctional Facility in Indiana. Now, I do want to tell you something. Uh, Branchville is a medium security men's prison. There are no women in this prison. So that's a good thing. At least he's in a men's prison. So, but this guy has decided, I am a female Muslim. I must wear a hijab. Gets better. According to the lawsuit filed on November 30th and obtained by Fox News Digital, a prison chaplain told Richardson the hijab was not allowed to be worn outside the immediate bed area. Richardson is seeking $150,000 in damages and the ability to wear the hijab, quote, anywhere I go in the facility, end quote. Okay, um, first off, he shouldn't be allowed to wear the hijab for other reasons. Believe it or not, this isn't really a trans story. I, I don't see this as a trans. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to tell you what I was going to say. This is not a trans story. This is a prison story. I mean, the, the trans argument here actually puts it, makes it a funny story, a stupid story. I mean, we could simply say, okay, he's not a Muslim woman. He's not a woman, so he doesn't need a hijab. And he's not Muslim because if you're a male Muslim, you can't do this. So everything here is wrong. As far as him... Suing? We'll get to that in a second. Quote, I informed him that I wear the hijab in order to cover my head and ears for modesty purposes, as I am Islam an Islamic practicing woman. The, Richard, Richardson said in the lawsuit, I, it, it's just, I'm an Islamic practicing woman. You know, I, you know what? I'm a white bunny rabbit. Yeah, I'm a reindeer. I'm a dinosaur. When are we going to start realizing that, you know, we can't keep keep bowing down to the delusions of other people or the narcissistic, I want to be this. I want to be president of the United States. And I happen to be a white bunny that's Muslim. The chaplain then proceeded to inform Richardson that his listed religious preference is Wiccan a pagan earth-centered religion with a male god and a moon goddess. Quote, and I responded that I am an electic, eclectic practitioner who is a member of the Theosophical Society in America, original alleged in the complaint. Okay, so the chaplain, oh Jesus, this is so stupid. So the chaplain just sat back and said, well, it's, you can't wear the hijab because you're not a Muslim woman. He said that you can't wear the hijab because you said you were a Wiccan. You were a witch. Gee, that's a much better argument. So he practices one fantasy religion to join another fantasy religion. And then he can't wear the gear of that other fantasy religion. 
and he thinks he should sue, be able to get $150,000 out of it? Incredible. So this Richardson continues in the lawsuit, I practice a diversity of faiths in order to custom tailor my spiritual beliefs to my spiritual needs. Jesus Christ. Help, come come down, please. Just strike this guy down right now. Richardson claims his 14th Amendment or Equal Protection Clause was violated by the chaplain's alleged refusal to wear a hijab. By the way, it's not the chaplain that does that. It's, it's, the, it's the warden. The chaplain doesn't have that kind of power. Quote, male Islamic practitioners are allowed to wear their kufis, kufas across the facility and are not restricted to their bed area only, the complaint stated. Well, I mean, they're allowed to wear kufas, I think they're pronounced, I can't, but they're allowed to wear that because they're men, and men are allowed to wear kufas. In, in, in Islam, women wear hijabs, men don't wear hijabs. He's a man. That's basically what they're saying. And that's what they should say. Don't don't come up with this, this well, he, he actually said he was a Wiccan, he said he was a Catholic. He said whatever. Don't don't come up with that. Dude, you're a man. You're not wearing the hijab, not because of you were a Wiccan or whatever. You're a man. Men don't wear hijabs. Now, by the way, I want to go back. We have been talking. We have been talking that about him being trans. And this is what the point of the story is. He's a trans man. He wants his rights. This story ridicules him. His excuses are stupid. There's nothing here that's great. That's that's fantastic. That's really not the point of this story. It really isn't. The point of this story is this is a man who killed an 11-month-old baby. And he's in prison because he killed an 11-month-old baby. This guy doesn't have the rights that he says he should. They're violating my Eighth Amendment right. You know what? F you. Yeah, we're violating your Eighth Amendment. You lost your rights the minute you killed an 11-month-old baby. We seem to be forgetting this. Here's something wild and crazy, and it's, it's in every country except for this one, for some reason. You do not have rights in prison. You are in prison for killing an 11-month-old baby you might as well throw your constitution away. Yes, they can't torture you. But that's about it. Your rights to wear whatever you want, your rights to be whatever you want, your rights to do whatever you want are gone. You lost them. Not making you wear a hijab is not cruel and unusual punishment. I'm sorry, this does not violate the Eighth Amendment. Sticking you in the hole with rats in the cell and spreading honey on you, that's a violation of the Eighth Amendment. You not being able to wear what you want to wear is not a violation of the Eighth Amendment. I, and I, this isn't just trans people. This is all of them. This is where we have forgotten about with, pres- with prison. Prison has become... Just something insane where, you know, it's as you have as much of a right to do anything than you do. You have the right to do anything you want in prison. It's like you're free. 
And then if they don't do it, they sue. I'm reminded of a case that happened in Las California. In California, the prisoners, this was at San Quentin Prison, a maximum security prison. I mean, serial killers are kept at San Quentin. And the prisoners were whining that they wanted chili peppers with their dinner plates so they could actually put some flavor into the food. The the warden said no. All the police associations said no. The courts said no. And the, the reasoning was quite simple. You are not allowed to have chili peppers because chili peppers are a weapon. Pepper spray is made out of chili peppers. So the everyone said no, they can't have chili peppers. There's no point. If they have chili peppers, they just squirt them in a policeman's eye or make a, a chili uh, pepper spray out of them. This piece of shit uh, request went all the way to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. It went through two federal courts, finally went to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and then had to be rejected there. It never got to the Supreme Court. What a waste of time. You do not have rights in prison, period. Your Eighth Amendment rights only extend so far. You do not have freedom of speech. Freedom of movement, freedom of religion. You gave all those rights up when you killed that 11-month-old boy. Here's a great story. Um, Now, one of the things I have said a billion times, and this story just goes along that line, we're allowed to have standards in this country. Not every individual out there is a good person. Not every individual thinks good thoughts. Not every individual that doesn't do something shouldn't be shamed. And I'm talking specifically about pedophiles. Now, there seems to be this this thing with pedophiles is there's this normalization going on. Within the next couple of years, pedophilia will be considered part of the LGBTQI plus poop emoji cult. It will happen. It'll be just seen as an alternative sexual form. That's all it will be seen as. I find this extremely difficult to deal with simply because pedophilia is a perversion that is an abomination. It is like the worst thing out there. Rapists and child molesters are the worst forms of human being. I would even say murderers are not as bad as pedophiles and rapists, depending on the murder. If you rape someone, then murder, then you are just the worst. But there is this real need in our society to actually normalize pedophilia. And I don't understand why. I think we shouldn't normalize or take the stigma away from pedophilia, you should put more stigma on pedophilia. Even if a person does not actually practice pedophilia, they don't have sex with little kids, that's good. That's good for them. But they decide to boast about it, yes, they should be shamed. Because that is a shameful thing. Here's the problem with this pedophilia thing and normalization and removing the stigma. It's happening in schools. Teachers 
in colleges and high schools are saying that, hey, there's nothing wrong with pedophilia. It's just another sexual outlet. It's another version of, of, it's another gender. According to the Postmillennial, a Texas teacher has been fired for a video after a video emerged on TikTok in which she appeared to be defending pedophilia, according to the Daily Mail. A couple of things here. You're not allowed to film in school. It's it, it, That's just about in every school. So you can have your phones for whatever reason in school, but you're not allowed to film the teacher. You're not allowed to film the class. So if you look at this video, it is the camera is actually just against the wall or something. So you, you, all you do is hear audio. But this audio clip was released and it did go viral. So let's listen to this. What? Stop it. Yeah. Yeah, no We're not going to call them that. We're going to call them maps. No. Minor attracted persons. No. So don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. Oh. So don't shame anyone who wants to just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. Yeah, no, that is a person that should be shamed. I'm sorry. I don't see how these people, she should have been fired. By the way, this woman is not a, is not a lesbian or anything like that. She has a husband. She's married. She has kids. Uh, the thought that she believes this and has kids is really weird. Let's let's re continue the article. But not everyone agrees with the board's decision. Of course, not everyone agrees with firing a, a sympathizer of pedophilia that works with kids. Some students are defending Parker, saying that her words were taken out of context. Uh, we shouldn't... Wait a minute. We shouldn't demonize people just because they want to have sex with five-year-olds. Here's the whole thing. The whole taken out of context thing is something that the left does all the time. No, you took me out of context. You said you wanted to kill Jews. No, that was taken out of context. It's like the Palestinians who say constantly they want to eradicate and genocide off the Jews. It's, it's just taken out of context what they say. No, that's what they said. She said, let's not demonize a man, a person because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. There's nothing to take out of context there. Ryan Ruvalcaba, Ruvalcaba a student at the school, told Fox 17, quote, the teacher was expressing how it was ridiculous how we society might not be able to call people pedophiles that we a society will probably have to start calling them maps because it is offensive to them the pedophiles the class agreed no they didn't one of the persons was like you got to be kidding me you're a pedophile you're a pedophile so we we have to call them maps because pedophile which is what you are is offensive it should be offensive Stop being a pedophile. Another person who initially defended Parker was board trustee Daniel Call, who said in a Facebook post that he didn't think Parker was promoting the normalization of pedophilia, but that's exactly what it is. By calling it something, it's like calling an illegal alien 
an undocumented immigrant. You are normalizing the crime of illegal immigration. That's exactly what it's doing. Continuing. But instead, pretending to advocate a position to challenge her students to prepare them to read a book. I'd be cured. The Crucible, according to K Fox 14. Well, if they're reading The Crucible, good for them. But I would think the parallels between pedophilia and I believe Crucible was about witchcraft, kind of not the same thing. I mean, all the people that were accused of being witches were actually not witches. A person that is a pedophile is actually a pedophile. So I'm not exactly sure the parallel there. However, after investigation, he has since changed his stance and voted in favor of Parker's termination, stating, quote, any reasonable person that heard what the seven trustees heard would have voted to terminate Parker. Yes, because what she said was absolutely horrid. You are condoning pedophilia. You're saying pedophilia is not is 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 a bad thing for the pedophile. Forget the kids he actually has sex with. Jason Parker, Amber Parker's husband, replied to calls uh, to calls Facebook post thanking him and saying, quote, I happen to be the husband of the teacher in question. I can tell you that we were shaken to the core by the accusations. It is both scary and disturbing that an edited 18-second clip could destroy a 30-year career when taken completely out of context. No, what is horrid is that, that this woman's belief system took 30 years to come out. I do not want any teacher that believes in pedophilia. Maybe he or she is not a pedophile. That's fine. But if you believe in pedophilia and you're working with kids, you shouldn't have been a teacher. My question is, why did it take 30 years to get rid of this broad? Continuing with his quote, with his quote she is an exemplary, exemplary as a teacher and truly cares about the students. Needless to say, we have spent many sleepless nights because of this cruel release of social media on the on uh, media of the 18 seconds. We pray that you and the rest of the board will see this for what it is and not allow the edited video to destroy an innocent woman, her career, and her family in the process. Parker, of course, will have the ability to appeal the decision. Uh, she shouldn't be a teacher. Her life should be just, no one's accusing her of being a pedophile. But the reality of the matter is, when you support pedophilia, you want to normalize pedophilia. I'm, I'm sorry, that's kind of a thing there. That's not a good thing. And we can't have that. And she shouldn't be a teacher. And by the way, Libs of TikTok does a wonderful job of this on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week, where she shows what the teachers of students, mostly kindergarten, first grade through fifth grade, what these teachers are like. All those teachers should be fired too. I think only a handful of teachers have actually given this, made their opinions clear and have actually been fired. This woman should have never been a teacher for 30 years. 
Okay, well, speaking of pedophilia and trans and all this stuff, um, Canada has become a hotspot for the destruction of the family. And one of the ways they're going to do this is through the trans ideology. Now, understand something. When we talk about the trans ideology, the, tra- the reason the government likes the trans ideology, if you believe in the, the government's main goal is to maintain power, you believe that one of the things, that some of the things they have to do, they have to destroy history, they have to destroy God, they have to destroy the family. Okay, and that's what their goals are. Well, one of the biggest despots in the Western Hemisphere is Justin Trudeau of Canada. Joe Biden is a huge despot too. The problem is we have court system that doesn't agree with him. And we have a court system that will put him on hold. So one of the ways, one of the things that that Canada is doing is they're using this trans ideology to actually break up families. So this is according to the Postmillennial, which, by the way, is a Canadian group. An Ontario Human Rights Tribunal has ruled that a six-year-old girl was not discriminated against when her teacher told her there is no such thing as boys and girls. The complaint was brought by the Ontario Human Rights Commission in March this year by the girl's mother, Pamela Buffon, who felt that the statement, as well as several other lessons on the topic of gender, undermine her daughter's sense of self as a girl and a member of the female sex. Well, she should be concerned. And she should be concerned because they're doing that now. They're now saying boys can be girls and those boys can compete against the girls. So the girls suddenly feel inferior to boys who say they're girls. And not only do they feel inferior... They're being proven to be inferior because these boys are walking into basketball courts, tracks, swimming pools, um, MMA. They're walking into these different areas that are female only and they're destroying the female sex. But the adjudicator, Eva Nichols, dismissed the application, finding that there is no direct evidence that the girl, referred to as NB, was harmed by the lessons. Quote, I find that NB's code protected rights were not breached by the respondent's actions. She did not face the alleged discrimination, i.e. adverse impact, on the grounds of sex and gender identity. Here's the problem with this ruling. This, is, this, this ruling may not seem like a big, it is a big deal. Here's the problem with this ruling. If these schools convince little NB that there's no such thing as girl as boy, and little NB decides to be a boy, even though she's a girl. And then the parents sit there and say that NB is a little girl, and they don't use her preferred pronouns or whatever. The country of Canada can take away NB from her family. And by the way, they're doing this in Canada already. There's a man in Vancouver. British Columbia, who refuses to call his daughter a him, and his daughter was removed from him, and now he is facing jail time. He is actually going through criminal proceedings because he won't call his daughter he him. That's what's happening in Canada. It's happening here too. We'll get to the next story. 
Okay, continuing with the article. The incidents which led to the case occurred in 2018 when NB's teacher introduced her grade one class to the concept of gender identities. She was prompted to do so because she had witnessed bullying and teasing of a gender non-conforming student. Okay, this is one of those things that is, I call bullshit. She didn't witness this. This, this, is, a, this is an occurrence that did not happen. This is a lie. Everyone knows that in Canada, the gender thing is part of the curriculum. Kids in Canada can't read. Kids in Canada can't add, subtract, multiply, and divide. But they know gender. So her saying, well, the only reason I brought this up was because I saw a gender non-conforming, which I don't know what that means. A uh, gender non-conforming student was getting bullied. Bullshit. You did this because that's what you wanted to teach. There's, there are ways of going through the bullying of a gender non-conforming without teaching all of the kids in the class that they're not they're the sex they are. In a series of lessons which fall outside the grade one curriculum, but are approved by the Ottawa Carleton District School Board, as teachable moments. She read, okay, by the way, that it, it's not one lesson. Don't bully people that think they're a different gender. She had a series of lessons. So don't tell me this was a one-off from a specific incident that happened to a trans kid. That's just a BS lie. She read the book, My Princess Boy, showed a video about pronouns called he, she, and they, and then and made the statement, there is no such thing as boys and girls. With regards to the statement, she testified she has misspoken and later apologized to the class. Again, taken out of context. Misspoken. No, if you sat back and you showed the video and you read the book, no, you didn't misspeak, that's what you believe. However, it transpired during the tribunal that the apology took the form of a drawing a gender spectrum on the whiteboard with a boy at one end and a girl at the other and all the other possibilities in between. So in other words, let's, let's get this clear. Because she saw a trans kid being bullied. She decided that this was a teaching moment, came up with a series of gender uh, lessons, read a book, showed a video, and also drew a map of gender ideology on the chalkboard. Does that sound like something she just came up with off the top of her head because, uh, because she saw someone being bullied? Yeah, no. So this is already in the United States. It's already here. And it's not just in places like Los Angeles, California or Washington, or Maryland, or New York, or Illinois. It's in more conservative areas like Indiana. Let's take a look at this story. This is also according to the post-millennial. A Catholic couple in Indiana appealing to the Supreme Court after their son was removed from their home over the refusal to use cross-sex pronouns for him. They intend to urge the U.S. Supreme Court to stop states from obliterating, obliterating, ob, obliterating parents' rights in the name of gender ideology. 
quote, we hope that we are hopeful that the justices will take the case and protect other parents from having to endure the nightmare we did, the parents said. The child was kept in the foster care system until he aged out. Wow. Legislation of this type was used against the parents is on many book uh, is on the books in many states with proposals in others. That includes like California, Illinois, New York, all of the leftist states already do this. Washington, Oregon. Mary and Jeremy Cox were pr- represented in the case by Beckett Law, which stated that on February 15, 2024, Beckett and Hirschberger Law Office filed a reply brief to the Supreme Court on behalf of the parents, asking the justices to strike down the Indiana court rulings and protect the rights of all parents to raise their children consistent with their religious beliefs. Again, laws like this have two effects. They blow up religious rights and they blow up the family. Basically, you're blowing up the entire First Amendment here. And what, what's really scary is that, well, it's not scary, but yeah, it is kind of scary, is one of these days in order to protect our kids, we're going to have to have guns when these people come to our homes. That when the government actually, and this is going to happen. One day, these, these DHS, these uh, Department of Child Services, D- DCSS groups, they're going to come to the door because we use the wrong pronouns and someone's going to shoot them. That's going to happen. Because that is the one thing I think conservatives all stand about. You take my kids, that's going to be a bad thing. And the Supreme Court should rule on this. We shouldn't have to wait till a kid is pulled out of his home at 14. Then he has to stay in a foster care till he's 18 to get go back home. That shouldn't happen. Parents have the right to sit back and tell their kids that, hey, you're not a girl. You're a boy. Deal with it. Okay, continuing. Indiana began investigating the Coxes in 2021 and found that the parents did not, quote, affirm, end quote, their son's false belief that he was a female and removed the boy from their care, never returning him. Instead, the state placed him in a home with people who called him by the wrong pronouns. The parents were also prevented from talking to their son about God or human sexuality during their visits. The courts allowed the state to remove the child from his parents' home over a disagreement on the nature of biological sex. So basically, these parents just refused to call the guy by his pronouns. And they had a debate about biological sex versus gender ideology. And that was enough for the state to take the kid away, stick him in a foster care, which, by the way, most people don't believe this. So guess what? The foster parents didn't believe it either, and they were using the wrong pronouns. Until the kid was able to leave and come back home. This is unholy. It's unconstitutional. This is not what our founding fathers ever thought could happen in this country. Ever wanted to happen in this country. But it is happening in this country. And states like California, Oregon, Washington, New York, Illinois, Massachusetts, Maryland, Washington, D.C. They are pushing this crap. And it's working. It's working. They're winning. They're destroying. The family in California doesn't even exist. There's no families in California. Chick wants a baby. She gets pregnant. Then goes on welfare. Trust me, I know people 
personally. Okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll have only a few stories, but one of them is a big one. I want to talk about this uh, Google Gemini AI tool. I want to play with it a little bit and read a little bit more on it. I'm not going to pay for it simply because I, I don't trust Google and I don't want to give Google money for it, but I want to sit and play with it a little bit. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about it. It's huge news uh, yesterday and today. Twitter exploded with um, Google Gemini AI. But I think there are some lessons we can learn with AI. So I, I've got a great article I want you to read because they're what's wrong with the media. It's it's an article from The Verge which basically talks about, um, uh, it talks about AI and it's kind of, uh, no guys, you're missing the point. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. I hope you guys have a great day. God bless. This is Gene. And you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.